Welcome to Zero Five O. I'm your host, Bruce Bradley, founder of recycling company First Mile. This is our Green Impact podcast where we meet guests creating solutions for a zero carbon world. When I first came across today's guests, they were tackling the challenge of making plastic coated paper products such as coffee cups easier to recycle. They succeeded, and in doing so, they also worked out how to significantly reduce the embedded carbon of packaging. Since then, Frugal Pack have been disrupting the packaging market and turning traditional thinking on its head. Their latest product, a paper bottle, you heard that right, is lighter, has six times less embedded carbon, and is simple to recycle at the end of its life. I'm delighted to welcome the CEO of Frugal Pack, Malcolm Voch, to the show to hear how his team are re-engineering packaging and perhaps bringing an end to the glass bottle which has been around for 4,000 years. Malcolm, welcome to Zero Five O. Thank you very much, Bruce. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely fantastic. So I am uh, really keen uh, to hear about this paper bottle, which I know you've uh, uh, done a huge amount of work on recently, but I think it's really important for the listeners before we dive into that to hear about the story of Frugal Pack. And I sort of hinted at it a little bit there in the introduction and um, why you're in the packaging market and um, what the history is and what you're trying to achieve. So you could, if, you could, if you could give us a, a bit of a history lesson first, that would be amazing. Yes, certainly. So uh, Frugal Pack's a young British company, really as a business motivated uh, by a passion to reduce carbon uh, on the planet through actually engineering at at a heart of our company. We have been experimenting, playing around with, and finally succeeding in uh, some interesting paper products to market, probably for a good 14, 15 years uh, from the inception of the of the business, it's been through many names and had many uh, f- formats, and we started life uh, looking at, at uh, pulp paper actually, which some of our um, uh, some other companies are playing around with at the moment. We could never really get pulp to work for us. That doesn't mean it won't, but it, we never could uh, in terms of making it sustainable. There's a tremendous amount of energy in dealing with pulp paper and getting the water out of it. So we started there. Um, pulled paper like a um, uh, like an egg box, that sort of material. Egg box, yeah. If if you think of that that technology, so that that's where we started some fifteen odd years ago, uh, and bumped around with that, and and then uh, the real from from a bottle perspective, the real uh, light bulb moment was was being able to shape paper. So we then uh, reviewed the the process that we were were working with and. Uh, effectively come from a basically a flat sheet of uh, paper board. So that has allowed so many things to happen for the business, flat paper being the most common format uh, of paper in, in the world, uh, made by many producers and allows us then to convert that into to the paper bottle. So for the last uh, five years, the Frugal Pack company has existed and has been uh, focused in on, as, as you said, at the, at the intro, firstly, the Frugal Cup, sadly impacted by the uh, the pandemic. Really, we were just getting that going uh, when we were struck. We were all struck with uh, a change in life and, and therefore a change in the environment of which the coffee cups were used. And for a, as a young company, frankly, we just couldn't afford to keep both going. Fortunately for us, from a business perspective, we launched the Frugal Bottle mid-2020 and uh, that has really consumed everything we're doing. The, the Frugal Cup uh, is paused. Uh, it's ready to come back at the right time, um, but that time's not now and we're focusing in on, on the bottle. 
So as a business, as I've mentioned, we, we innovate with paper. We're really trying to deal with the issues that fast-moving consumer goods packaging causes. That's our raison d'etre. So we, we look to identify issues in the market, coffee cup being one very uh, under-recycled uh, container in, in that particular space. And then we, we've moved on to look at other, other areas. So the, the frugal bottle was born really looking at the the issues that the wine, particularly the wine industry, is facing, where their biggest source of carbon is coming from the packaging that they're using, the glass bottle, and it's one of the industries most affected by climate change as a result of the amount of carbon we're putting into the atmosphere. And you're seeing that change uh, the the wine and environment around the world with some some areas that were renowned for wine production now being um, less able to produce the fine wines and great wines that they produced before, but also having a, an impact in other parts of the world where where wine is now being produced to a high quality. UK is a great example of that. That's interesting around the carbon impact because we're sort of in the in, in the waste and recycling industry. We, we sort of get quite excited about glass because it's a sort of this permanent material that you can recycle back to the molecular level. There's, it saves a lot of energy by recycling colours into remelt rather than using um, virgin glass. But actually, we tend not to think about the impact of the making a glass bottle in the first place because we're sort of very much focused in on the recycling of it. And why why does glass for the wine industry, well, glass bottles generally, why do they have such a, a big impact? Is it in just the manufacture or is it right through that supply chain? Um, it, it tends to be through the supply chain. Uh, the source of the the uh, of, of a good glass uh, production is silica sand. A lot of people think it's any sand, Sahara, Sahara sand or whatever it may be, but but that actually is, uh, is finite. Uh, as a resource, and therefore it's starting now to, to tighten and, and riverbeds and various other things are a good source of it, but clearly in, in dredging up those raw materials, it has other impacts on the climate and the in, environment. But really, it's it's around the, the energy that's involved in the producing of the, the glass. We still think it's as high to recycle as it is to manufacture in the first instance, give or take. But the industry itself has changed over the years, not as any industry hasn't, frankly, but in the interests of lower cost or greater profit, whichever way you want to look at it, a lot of consolidations happened within the glass industry. And it's a very industrial process. It's it's heavy, heavy industry in terms of glass production. So you've got consolidation, you've got sort of super factories around the world that are, are making mass producing glass at the lowest possible cost to assist the industry, but also to assist the, the businesses in their own uh, profiteering. But in doing so, then you're shipping glass far further around the uh, around the planet. And the distances that the uh, the glass bottle now moves, it's a heavyweight item, a lot of energy into it, as I, as I say, and it's now moving considerable distances to be bottled and then moving considerable distances again. So that combination of energy to produce, the weight to transport it, and the distances that are being travelled is having quite a significant uh, impact on the, on the carbon loading within that product. Malcolm, presumably the war in Ukraine and the problems with Russia and the um, supply of gas across Europe, I mean, that's going to cause a huge, if it isn't already, huge problem in terms of, first of all, price, but also just continuity of supply of gas bottles. Because I, I went to a glass factory, bottle manufacturing factory years ago, and it's just a huge amount of energy going into, you know, normally in the form of natural gas going into 
um, producing the, the the glass for those bottles. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, the war certainly uh, is just, the, the, I think, the final straw after a couple of very hard years for all of us because already things were having an impact uh, ahead of that, uh, just in terms of manufacturing and then transportation. A lot of glass, particularly for North America, is coming out of China. And with the, the issues that, that they've faced, then the impact on on distribution was was large. That was really having an impact on cost. And then you overlay that with uh, the Ukrainian situation and the subsequent increase in energy costs, then um, glass is rocketing in terms of, of price. But many things are. And for us, it's a it's a good thing. The frugal bottle, when you're launching new products as a young company, you're not, and this is a product that's not designed to be the lowest cost. Cost is not the driver. Lowest carbon is the driver. And we were probably at a, I wouldn't say a significant premium, but a premium to where glass has been. But now, actually, in some instances, we're hearing um, we are actually at a lower price than, than some uh, products. It depends where you are in the in the supply chain of, of glass bottles, as in the quantity you're using and the weights and the, the type of uh, liquid that you're filling. Um, so for us, it, we're offering something now that, that seems to be compatible in price, is available, but clearly we're still young and growing. So uh, we have finite capacity. I'll come on hopefully through uh, today and just talk about the, uh, the the models that we've got, which, as you rightly say, are a little bit disruptive to the market. So there's there's some fantastic um, videos and information on your website. I was having a look at uh, last night around the bottle and how it's manufactured, but we have the, the pleasure of being on audio here. So could you explain to the listeners how you make a paper bottle and what it what it looks like? I mean, it's a very different proposition to a glass bottle, but... In many ways, that's its uh, attraction and, and beauty. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, the whole concept is to, if you like, mimic the shape and usage occasion of a, a traditional package in in wines and spirits. Um, so the frugal bottle is shaped like the Bordeaux shaped bottle, which is sixty percent of the, the world market. So for the listeners, if if they have a, a bottle of wine in front of them, uh, the frugal bottle should look very similar to to that in shape. And w- the bottle starts life as flat sheet. So we take paperboard from recycled paper. So we buy that in the marketplace. Sadly, we're from a UK perspective, uh, buying that from other markets around the world have far greater and better infrastructures and recycling systems. We cannot buy the paper we need in the UK. Nobody's making it. So there's a great opportunity for anybody out there listening. Currently, the paper's coming in from Germany. We take that and then we run it to uh, a traditional printer. So we're printing either digitally or for the LITHA process, which is a standard uh, print. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the flat bottle then is put into our frugal bottle assembly machine. And this is, as I mentioned before, what, what we're effectively we've learned to do is shape paper. So the process is not dissimilar to ironing, frankly. Um, so it's a combination of uh, steam, heat and pressure. Uh, but nowhere near the uh, the energy that's required to make a glass bottle. The uh, average uh, kilowattage of our machines around 63 kilowatts an hour, which is um, pretty small compared to, to other things. Um, so the, the paper is, uh, the printed paper blanks are put into the machine. We also then have a pouch, which is a plastic pouch, and we have various uh, forms of this. 
So the bottle is 84% recycled paper and then 16% plastic. Plastic is enabling us to really make the package. We're continually looking for the, the ideal solution. But when you're dealing with liquids, really a polymer base at the moment is the, the ideal solution. It's lightweight. Everything we do can be recycled, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it will be. Uh, again, a lot of that's about infrastructures in certain markets. Certain markets will recycle their flexible packaging. Sadly, in the UK, less than 4% of any flexible packaging is currently recycled. That's going to change as, as government um, initiatives come into play with the, uh, the plastic taxes and so on. So there's going to be a bit more of an incentive in the marketplace to, to, uh, to recover the material. The issue is today it's not recovered because it's, it has no commercial value, but it can be and it can be recycled. And we've got all the certification to, uh, to, to cover that. So the pouch then is also placed into the machine and effectively is a series of uh, stations around a, a, a mechanical machine, a machine that's not uh, alien to the, to the wine industry or the spirits industry in the componentry that it's made up of. So if you think of filling machines, um, whilst this is doing something different, it's a rotating machine that, that effectively makes a bottle rather than fills it. So it moves from station to station, as I say, a combination of steam. So we moisten the paper to make it pliable. We then form it round a mandrel where the, uh, the pouch is on the inside of the, the mandrel. And then it is adhered and formed into, uh, into the bottle shape. And it's ejected from the machine ready to be filled. We don't supply the machine that does the filling. Um, the bottle then runs through the traditional filling uh, processes that the industry uses today. And the um, so the bottle is when you're putting the um, flat card into the machine, is that just one piece of cardboard? So it's literally two pieces of two components. You're shaping it and putting it together. Or is it multiple pieces of card that are going into the bottle? Um, there's three pieces of card. So it's um, it's a front to back and then the base. Um, so there's a round uh, piece. When I joined the company, we were in the, in the throes of the on paper development and the machinery to put the base in is almost as big as the machine to make the bottle and i was challenging why we we needed to put this round base in the in the bottom of the, the paper but the people far more clever than i uh, convinced me why uh, or me should i say and um uh, effectively that round piece of card that's in the base of the bottle gives it so much strength so really, it, it is very in integral in the uh, in the sturdiness of the of the frugal bottle, and and that's something again from uh, for your listeners. Uh, when you hear paper bottles, you might think more of a, if I may say, a Tetra Pak type product, which does have some pliability in it. When you get a paper bo uh, frugal bottle in your hand, you will feel a very sturdy package um, that is not glass, but it has that same solidity to it. And I think one of the areas which is uh, really exciting is that actually you can then put these manufacturing facilities close to the bottling plants if they've got enough scale to do the bottling in a, in a very similar way that PET manufacturer, they sell preforms and then you have a blowing plant closer to the bottling plant. So you're not transporting a, a lot of air around the around the marketplace. And is that something that's gaining traction with fillers or are they just like with they're so uh, sort of used to getting pallets and pallets of empty bottles in that they don't want to get into manufacturing as well yes it, it, it is the, the whole business model of of the frugal bottle is to get the machines to the heart of, of filling uh, as i mentioned in the, the beginning of the article um, shipping 
glass bottles or any uh, 3D item around the planet is not great. You're shipping air great distances. It's it's just not the right thing to do. Um, so first and foremost, that's our logic for effectively selling the machine to to a region, if we say that in the first instance, where the wine will be bottled um, or the spirits or the olive oils, ideally into the facility that is filling because uh, that's as close as possible. The ratio that we see of um, unassembled bottles to assembled bottles, and that doesn't matter if it's a frugal bottle or a glass bottle or a plastic bottle, generally is five to one. So you're getting 5,000 empty unassembled frugal bottles on a pallet and you get a thousand assembled packages so that drives down uh, transport so it's five five four times less trucks four times less movement within the facilities and also the space that's required to store all this starts to reduce so frugal bottle machine is designed to go into warehousing anywhere in the world um, so the space that you free up by not Buying in assembled packages is where you put your frugal bottle machine, and then you run that to make bottles to then fill in the establishment. We've got three routes to market. One really is through the brand owners that fill, the big guys uh, around the, the, the world. We're working then with contract fillers, and we're also working with packaging companies to the in the local industry, uh, local areas, so they could make the bottles. And granted, still a little bit of shipping, but nevertheless, it's a lot less than coming out of currently Ipswich for us or any of the, of the other uh, facilities uh, around the world. Secondly, to this, of course, it, it then becomes the most cost-effective way of doing it because there's there's very little transport costs on the five to one ratio. And also then there's the sort of movement of margin that you're taking costs out generally around about 35% reduction from a, a bottle that would be purchased from a packaging company or indeed a frugal pack. The other thing that we're, we're very resolute about is not trying to take value from the industry where we're not adding it. And what, what do I mean by that? So we, we're not going to try, try and sell paper packaging paper blanks to companies so you invest in a machine we'll give you all the specifications our supply chain teams are there to help you establish local uh, supply and therefore you have a relationship directly with the material suppliers and that uh, effectively what we're doing is turning something that currently is heavy industrial uh, manufacturing into light engineering uh, your example of the PET bottles is, is is exactly that. The other thing that this really does as well is start to return to the winemaking regions of the world uh, an infrastructure to support them. Because again, from a packaging industry perspective, that's consolidated. And you go back in time, there probably would have been a glassmaker in every region. That's long gone. And now they're consolidated into these super factories shipping great distances in. So the print shops and the uh, small packaging businesses that are, that are in, uh, in the regions can now start to build up and, and maybe return a little bit more to, um, to where they were in the past. And presumably you're saving on a label there as well, because there's no, you know, the, 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 the local printers who are currently printing labels for wine companies will just switch over to printing um, the actual bottle. Indeed, yeah. Or and also, if they wanted to, could invest in the frugal bottle assembly machine and and go one step further and supply bottles into the market. Because as you say, uh, I mean, a, a currently a machine is has an output of around two and a half million bottles a year, which to some is not enough, and to others is far too much. We think we've got it about right with the first machine size, uh, and clearly where we are at the moment is talking to to those that that uh, will consume that in, in with their own products and then working through groups of 
cooperatives to probably the wrong word to use, but the good descriptor of, of bringing uh, regions together to pull their uh, their requirements, and then it makes it viable for one or uh, one of the wineries to make the investment and then sell the bottles to them, or for the local packaging companies to uh, uh, to invest and and know that they've already got uh, a marketplace. And is there a limitation? I mean, I know you've you've focused on the sort of the main the Bordeaux bottle, which is a, a large proportion of the market. Is there a limitation to the format? Could you make magnums or and the other part of that question is um, what about sparkling? Uh, products okay I'll, I'll start with the easy easy one first which is the, um, the the shape and size of the bottle as i say we know how to shape and we uh, and we've innovated in in other sizes as a young business um, i've really got to keep things focused on um, on the sustainability of, of the frugal back company as well so we're pretty focused in on the uh, the 22 odd billion uh, Bordeaux bottles that are in the world today. We will then start to move on to other sizes. What we are, again, we're not going to do is is uh, get too uh, carried away with the frugal bottle uh, in terms of the way it looks and the way people react to it, because it's it's always positive. And what we must not do is is uh, sort of unintended consequences, because actually the, if you, the smaller the frugal bottle gets, the less sustainable it becomes. And it's simply about the size and the weight of the paper. And there's other materials that either are exist today or will be better for uh, for the product. So if you take, if you go down to say a 250 mil, you're probably just on the borderline then of the frugal pack actually um, adding more than it costs uh, from a sustainability perspective. So you'd be in things like cans would be maybe the better way to go. Likewise, the bag and box for three liter type uh, product is 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 a better proposition than a, than a frugal bottle. But uh, when you're you're sort of north of three hundred milliliters up to to two liters, I think the frugal bottle will offer uh, a lot in terms of uh, sustainability, but also in terms of usage uh, usage occasions for the consumer. Um, so, so we can do that. Um, we are open to, if you like, custom commission. So, if, if a if a business would like to come along and wants a specific size, we can do that for them. But it would be on a, a sort of custom basis. Um, we we won't, in the short term, be launching anything other than the uh, Bordeaux seven fifty mil, which can be underfilled to seven hundred for spirits, which is what the spirits guys are doing. And what about um, sparkling? Is that a possibility? I mean, I'm yeah, not going to. Oh, I'm evading that one. Um, no is the, the answer. Again, two things. One is to get the pressure into currently into the bottle. If we use the current uh, pouch solutions we've got, we've got to put so much paper in to, to make it withstand the pressure that it becomes, again, unsustainable. So the wrong thing to do. Um, we have some newer technologies that are wor- working on. The, the issue is the, the welding of the, the seam of the pouch. For the listeners, if you can imagine, it's uh, it's plastic film that's welded down the side with heat. That's great for steel product, but if you if you imagine a balloon uh, with pressure in it, that's effectively what would happen to the pouch to the to the point that it bursts. So um, yeah, yeah, and I think that I think that's good. I mean, you make you make very clear that you're not trying to displace every glass bottle <laughs> every glass bottle in the world anyway, and you know the same for. You know some of the larger format wines. Um, you know they're they're very specific product, and they'll probably remain in glass bottles forever. And what you're trying to do is to displace you know many millions it's of an uh, opportunity. Yeah, I mean, really, where we're focused in is the 
Uh, I mean, a frugal boss who has a shelf life or offers a shelf life greater than 12 months, we're seeing some of our customers that what we launch with now getting up to 18 uh, months uh, comfortably. And 90% of the world's wines consume within 12 months of it being bottled. So we, we feel we're in the right space. This isn't a fine wine package. This is a package. We all say it's wine that's bought on a Friday and probably drunk on a Friday and definitely doesn't get it get through Saturday. That's the, that's the market that we're playing in, which again is probably 70% of the world's market today. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. We've now got the wine in the bottle and uh, nice to chill. We've drunk it. What happens at the end of the life of uh, the, the the frugal pack bottle? Um, how do how do we recycle it? Because at the moment I'm sitting here and I've got a glued welded cardboard bottle with a with a plastic bag inside it, and surely that isn't recyclable. How does it how how does one recycle? All those components are are recycle recyclable. The paper, if we start with the paper, eighty four percent by weight. That is ninety four percent recycled paper. The six percent virgin paper in there, which we use on the face of the the bottle for two reasons. One, most importantly, is around as you say, you, it's chilled. Uh, we don't recommend a frugal bottle for an ice bucket for obvious reasons because it is designed to break down in water. But it will function very well in the refrigerator in the freezer and in certain climates if you're coming out of that that environment you are um, seeing condensation so we need to put some virgin paper on the on the paper to increase its moisture resistance and then secondly to give a good print surface to uh, to the bottle to really um, show off the 360 degree branding opportunities but that but that's paper so ideally from a consumer perspective when the bottle's consumed, you simply pop the bottle. There's a little frugal pack logo on the shoulder of the bottle. If you push that with your thumb, the bottle will pop open. You pull out the, the pouch very simply, put that into your, your plastic recycling stream where it's uh, available, and the paper goes into the paper recycling stream. The paper will definitely go off and be recycled again. Uh, it's already been recycled. And as I said, the, the plastic, dependent where you are in the world, uh, may or may not go off to be uh, recycled currently. Wow, so that's amazing. So I was expecting I was going to have to get a pair of scissors out. So it's literally just pop it open and then you're in, then you're pulling apart the packaging just like that. Yeah, yeah. there's two techniques that we've learned. One is the, the simple pop open. The other one is to simply grab the neck of the, the, the bottle, the plastic neck, snap it round and pull the liner straight out, uh, which is actually the, the fastest. But in doing so, always remember to take the top off because if you have got if you leave the top on, there's air in there and it becomes a little bit more stiff. But uh, that, that works very well. Should you choose not to do that uh, and you put the paper bottle into the paper waste stream, the paper, the bottle is designed to break down in pulping and it will do so very quickly. It breaks down within 20 minutes. Most pulping uh, time, the commercial time is less than 20 minutes. We do not adhere the liner to the paper in a way that it won't, it won't uh, easily come away. So it's not bonded like uh, a laminated carton uh, or a coffee cup or any of those sorts of uh, products. It, it sits loose within the, uh, um, within the paper. So that will equally be, uh, is able to be recycled at the, the pulping mill. Clearly, they would have to remove the liner. They're used to taking out these sorts of um, inclusions, as they call it. Again, that could be recycled, um, probably wouldn't be. But again, a lot of the paper pulping facilities now are running energy from waste plants to power their own facilities. So it could end up in, in that environment. 
But for all our lovely uh, fibre recyclers uh, that are listening, we would, of course, like you to remove the plastic pouch so that they don't have to uh, <laughs> deal with them. <laughs> so the thing that's sort of really, because I sort of came on to um, getting ready for this episode, Mark, I'm thinking that we we're going to be talking about the recyclability, but I mean, the, the fact that you've just massively disrupted that supply chain and in so doing reducing the carbon is absolutely phenomenal when you start to think about the impact of moving from glass to paper bottles just getting back to the recycling we we talk about plastic film recycling all the time and you quite rightly say it's a very early stage um, recycling plastic film four percent or something like that have you looked at the recyclability of the liner because obviously you're 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 bottling a product that needs to be preserved it needs a very specific environment does that mean you've got a very narrow bag that you can put inside the bottle or have you spent a lot of time thinking about well it's a it's suitable but can it be recycled or or are you just literally you've only got one thing that you can use in that liner no um we have a range so the beauty of the frugal bottle is uh, and the frugal bottle machine is it's designed to uh, work with all different types of, of uh, pouch and therefore the, the substrates that are used to make it. Um, so we're, we're future-proofed. We continually scour the market for um, the next best thing in this particular space. Frankly, we haven't found it yet. So we are working with uh, standard polymers. For wines, you do need a, an oxygen barrier, which is what gives it the shelf life. So we do we do need to add barriers in. We work with a disp- displaced uh, aluminium at the moment, which still allows the pouch to be recycled. We're working predominantly with PET as the, the main substrate. And the reason we're doing that is we know most about it. And what we know is it's delivering the shelf life. But also the other thing that we're able to do with the frugal bottle with the pouch is um, we've engineered the pouch to really be extremely sturdy in the uh, in the distribution of the bottle. So if you were to drop a frugal bottle from uh, 1.6 meters, which is considerably high, it generally will remain intact. And when we launched the frugal bottle, given uh, we, were, we were probably moving more with companies, smaller companies that are a bit more fleet of foot, most of their distribution was done through e-commerce and the uh, the issues we were seeing with the, the couriers who, for whatever reason, doesn't matter what you write on the, uh, the box, will still do that 30-yard offload into your garden, uh, we were getting some damage. Now we're comfortable that they can do that. Uh, not that that's a challenge, and the bottle will uh, will sustain that. And and that, that also plays into the whole sustainability because the, there's a lot of waste in the uh, in the wine industry from broken bottles, whether they're dropped in transit or broken in transit in the uh, the stocking of shelves or even by the consumer on the on the way home. I stupidly did that at the weekend. I dropped a, a, a picked a small glass bottle up from ten less than uh, three centimeters and it and it broke. And that's where the pouch is adding some value. So there's many things that we need to take into consideration, but there's materials coming along all the time. But when we launched the frugal bottle, we 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 did stop. We said we are putting plastic into the marketplace, but then we evaluated that and said, well, actually, the 16% plastic we're putting in is allowing us to take six times more carbon out. And the issue with plastic is around recycling. And it can be recycled. Every piece of material we use can be recycled. 
but it's a little bit bigger than us in terms of the infrastructure needs to be there for it to happen. So it's future-proof for new materials coming along. It separates easily from the package itself and in markets where there is an infrastructure to re- recycle f- uh, soft plastics or flexible plastics, then it will be recycled. So um, uh, we're, we're comfortable in our own skin of what we're doing, um, but we could be better. I've, I'm not disputing that. Well, and I think, you know, I think it's I think your product should be a case study for people who sort of demonize plastics and say we can't have any plastics, because actually increasingly, if you look at the life cycle carbon impact, then plastics quite often are uh, the, the right solution. And what we need to do is to get the recycling infrastructure to catch up. I think the key difference, which is why I think Frugal Pack would be an amazing case study, is what you've said is it can be disassembled. It's not bonded. It's not stuck to. It's not going to cause a problem. And we just need to work on that on that recycling infrastructure, which you know, which is really interesting. So that's super excellent and interesting. We haven't got so long left, Malcolm, and it's been very, very interesting. You said a number of times Frugal Pack is a young company. How did you get involved, and what's your what's your background? Are you a environmentalist or a, a packaging expert, or you're now an environmentalist packaging <laughs> expert? But where 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 have you come from? I started life with Tetra Pak. So uh, long short of it, I've worked all my life with paper in packaging in one form or another. Uh, I I worked for a long time with Tetra Pak, a great business, but wanted to move on to, to other things in in my life, and then went off to work for another very large PLC business and built a packaging business up for them based on paper. And then came out of big corporate and really evaluated what was important to me. Uh, and really what I enjoy is the packaging industry. We need to do something about the packaging. And a great opportunity came along for me with Frugal Pack uh, to, to take what I've learned over a very long time, because I'm a very old man. Um, I talk about a young company apart from the CEO. And, and adapt that into taking this brilliant concept and bringing it to life. And that's what we've been doing for the last four years. And, and the things you learn through that that weren't so obvious. Uh, and I'm ashamed to say with uh, however many years in the packaging industry, certainly 30 plus to come across the coffee cup and not actually realize it was difficult to recycle was the first thing that attracted me to Frugal Pack. But then looking at the uh, the arsenal of innovation that they have or we have uh, and how to bring that rapidly to market uh, really sold me on the business and, and all the things that we can do. And, it, and it's now really gaining traction. You mentioned, uh, or I mentioned before on the, the Frugal Bottle Machine, we're pleased to, to have our first machine order that's heading out to Canada. Uh, one of the more progressive countries in terms of um, recycling and, and uh, approach to sustainability and carbon and with a great wine industry. But the other thing with, it, with the company that's investing there is they see the opportunity to uh, to ex- export closely into their neighbours of North America. And the North American market for us is great. What does good yeah. look like then? I mean, you've, you've obviously worked with some you know massive international packaging companies that have been around for a very long time. I think Tetra Pak started in the 1950s. What for for you and Frugal Pack does good good look like? Yeah, I think I mean for what we're doing is is taking uh, something that's I've used it again young, um, and really for me it's a, it's turning it into a sustainable business um, that's really supporting the industry, driving out carbon, but also supporting our employees, and then really creating employment um, associated with the business through the machine platforms going into the regions and the companies, wherever machines are placed. So it's quite 
I mean, disruptive, as you say, uh, it's a play on circular to a, de- to a degree. So the machines are going in, the paper is uh, coming in, it's then coming back and being recycled. But also uh, people are then engaging more locally with supporting that infrastructure. And I just think that's probably something that, that, that we should be contemplating um, as an industry and, and really bringing a, a little bit more back to to localizing production and supply chains and bringing things a little bit closer to home rather than being fixated on uh, driving out as much cost and looking at the lowest cost manufacturing and then forgetting about the supply chains and the consequences of those distances and energy costs and, and so on. So uh, it's a long way of basically saying that I really want to make Frugal Pack sustainable in its own right and then everything that it touches sustainable after that. I love it. And I think you'll definitely get there with the sort of very local approach to manufacturing and just taking out all that carbon. Malcolm, we are nearly out of time. Um, my final question, and it's been you know, a huge pleasure having you on the show. My final question is we have this thing called the First Mile Planet Saver Hall of Fame, which we ask guests to leave a product, a person, uh, or an idea in the Hall of Fame, and we're doing collecting all these ideas, and we're going to have a sort of utopian uh, planet in the future. What would you leave in our Hall of Fame? I didn't. You did. I did get a slight heads up on this, and I've been mulling it over for 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 some time. So beyond the frugal bottle, which of course I have to say, then I get through bicycles, and there's so many things that have gone on that you could could think about in this. You never always acknowledge wind farms and solar, but. I think beyond carbon, one of the things that uh, we are going to face as a planet is uh, water and the, the change in uh, the availability of water. And we we came across, or I came across this again in manufacturing. And again, the frugal bottle, when you compare it to other uh, products, particularly uh, the glass bottle from the wine industry, we our uh, water footprint is four times less in the production of the, of the, the bottle itself. That's a shameless plug. Uh, again, for for what we do. Um, But to answer the question directly, um, I've been fortunate enough to travel around um, and probably put a lot of carbon into the planet in their previous lives. But I had a trip to Japan many years ago. And what struck me as the most simple idea, and this is a strange one for you, uh, bear with me, but uh, for those that may have seen it, in terms of water preservation, the Japanese have a very simple idea within their... um, uh, their bathrooms where they put the sink on top of the toilet system. So as you use water, uh, the water goes down the plug hole and rather than go down the plug and off to the sea or the it goes into the system of the toilet and that becomes the water that you use to flush away when, you, uh, uh, when you, you've, you've used your uh, toilet. I just thought that's so simple. And yeah, I love it. Every, if the whole world was using that today. Just think of the water reduction that that could happen. So, um, a strange one. I mulled over and try and put forward on a uh, on a, a water efficient loo. I love it. Basically, that's excellent, Malcolm. It's been a huge pleasure having you on the show. Um, how do listeners find Frugal Pack? Um, so very simply, frugalpack.com. Um, there's a contact us page on there um, and we will respond to you with generally within 48 hours of any inquiry we get. We've got a great team of uh, uh, young people, as you would expect me to say, ready at the uh, end of the of the email to respond to all inquiries and questions. Perfect. And that's uh, PAC without a K, P-A-C, Frugal PAC. Yeah.
Thank you. Yeah. Malcolm, it's been absolutely fantastic having the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Bruce. And thank you to all the listeners. I'm Bruce Bradley, and you've been listening to Zero Five O, where we meet incredible people creating solutions for a zero-carbon world. Keep listening to all episodes on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zero Five O.